Thank you for downloading episode 145 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hey, everybody, it's the holidays, and I have a special gift for you. That's right. What's the special gift? It's you. Wait, what? You're here in the pre-roll with I me. I am. I never get to do the pre-roll. I can't believe I let you out of the, the little room I keep you in under the stairs I like know. Harry Potter. Just one little crumb of cheese underneath uh, the door <laughs> is all I get. A crumb of cheese and a blot of mustard and a fragment of an underdone potato. That's right. That was a great callback to a thing you're about to hear. <laughs> you're going to want to rewind and listen to this again after you've listened through. I promise it'll be worth it. And what will also be worth it is coming to our live show on Sunday, January 14th at San Francisco Sketchfest. That's right. It's going to be us live with Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher. And we're doing a double bill with our friends at Craigslist Podcast, Craig and Carla Kakowski, who will have our other friend, Work Juice player, Busy Phillips, as their guest. It's going to be back-to-back, one big show. Go to sfsketchfest.com for more information and to get your tickets now. This show will sell out. But for now, please enjoy this episode. Have we got this? With Mark and Hal. That's us. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best version of a Christmas carol. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcast should have a theme song. Podcast should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hey, Mark. Hey, Hal. If you were to wear the chains that you forged in life, uh huh. What would those chains be made out of? Ooh. I like to think that they would be made out of glitter and neon. Okay. What about you? Uh, probably red meat. Oh, yeah. Oh, these are bad chains. <laughs> well, right. not, it depends on who you ask. Oh, yeah. If this is the bad chains, come on, bourbon and bacon. <laughs> I would thought yours would be made of old cars. Just a series <laughs> of old Just cars. Just of metal. Yeah. Um, say, Hal, yes. what day is today? Why, it's Christmas. Wait, oh, wait, I'm the kid. <laughs> Why, it's Christmas morning. <laughs> oh, the spirits have done it all in one night. Hello, everybody. Today we are talking about my all-time favorite story, and I know, Hal, you love it too, A Christmas Carol. I have issues, but this was suggested – it's been suggested by so many people. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to call it a community suggestion. If you were the first person to suggest it, congratulations. I recognize you, and so does Mark. Yep, but we don't know who you are. We don't know. I don't have it in front of me, but I know so many people have been asking. They've been asking for two things. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is on the Facebook group, of course. Mm-hmm. One is, uh, when are you going to do Best Christmas Carol? Mm-hmm. The other is, when are you going to do an episode that's just the two of you? Because they love the guests, which we do too, but yeah. they want just the two of us. Well, I'm glad. It's it's you and I in your living room right mm-hmm. now. Yes, the Christmas trees behind me. The Christmas trees behind you and the sun is setting uh, with the palm trees out the window. <laughs> You guys, Hal's house looks like an ad for a timeshare <laughs> out the window. There's palm trees and a marina and the sunset. Yeah. Um, so I only live here three days a month. <laughs> the rest of the time, it's corporate use from some um, Omicron people. That's a company, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> why, why? Of course it is. It's a conglomerate based in Tokyo. Oh, all mm-hmm. right. Let's say yes. Where they do not care for a Christmas carol. Um, apparently in Japan, Christmas is more like Valentine's Day. In that it's in for that lovers? it's the romantic holiday. Really? Yeah. This, uh, Juliana, uh, used to do a show there years ago, and I remember her telling me a story about that, and I thought, that's, huh, I guess everybody celebrates, uh, celebrates things differently. Today we're gonna talk about how they celebrate Christmas in London in <laughs> 18, I've seen it anywhere between 1836 mm-hmm. and 1842. Uh, for the, or up to 43, actually. The Disney, they figured out that the, the latest Disney version, the one with Jim mm-hmm. Carrey, his one man show, uh, that that took place in 1843, which is the year Dickens published. Right. A Christmas Carol. Um, yeah, and right. assorted variations have, um, the, the 1938, uh, Reginald Owen, I believe, just says, uh, over a hundred years ago. Right. All we know is it was a time when people died of the common cold, like a lot. <laughs> like 70% of death was yeah. from the common cold. And it made one of your legs not work. <laughs> That's what Tim had. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't know this story, pick a different episode to listen to because we're going deep. Um, <laughs> if you do know the story, welcome. Join us 
fellow Dickensian uh, Christmas traveler. Uh, here's how we're going to break this down. We are going to uh, first do a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, some of our favorite uh, versions of A Christmas Carol that we know are not necessarily going to be the ultimate. Then we're going to, I don't know, one by one, you want to just toss them in back and forth until we're like, that feels like all the big ones. Sure. Um, and then we'll look at, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll break those down. First, we'll look at the Scrooges uh, as a character, and then we'll go just through the story. And uh, we'll maybe pick winners for each assorted section of the story. Make sense? It does make sense. But I want to, before we do that, yeah. I want to talk about the basic story of A Christmas Carol. You seem to have problems with this. It's not, Well, I, my memory of it, uh-huh. I only remember like Christmas Day, a fatted goose. Like, you know. Well, it has the but ghost. you've been watching these all week. We already, we talked about watching Christmas Carols all week. Well, before I watched it, my yeah. memories were like the jolly ghost of Christmas present, the specter of death that is the ghost mm-hmm. of, of Christmas yet to come. Who was great in Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Yes, he was. He's very good at board games. Yeah. We know that. Best of seven. Damn right. <laughs> you sunk my battleship. <laughs> uh, and then the, the ghost of uh, Christmas past is, mm-hmm. is usually a child or a young woman. Some sort of bright light. Yes. That's the, the, the big thing for Christmas past is that it's a bright light. But I for, forgot, I guess, until watching it, even the animated versions, n- none of these are happy. These are like the – it's really – it's like – Classic Dickens, it's really mm-hmm. de- it's really depressing. The workers are super oppressed. There are sick children everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just like it, – it does get better because it's a Christmas tale, so there is a happy ending. But right. it, there's so much weight, so much gravity. It's definitely – you can tell when it was written and by whom it was written. Yeah, it's not a light Christmas tale. No. That's what's so beautiful about it is it's this really heavy story about a person who has – shut out the world and walled himself up behind uh his greed and his uh lonerness uh i guess is that a word sure it is yeah. now um and uh his shunning of society right and then that even ultimate and ultimately after seeing both the good and the bad and the heart as well as the destitution of london of this time uh that he has been a part of the latter the bad part and not the part of the joy there's something really great, I think, in this story, and it's that anyone can be redeemed at any time. I think about this often when I do terrible or dumb things. I go, well, you know what? Scrooge was like 80 when he finally got redeemed, and he's fine. Do you feel like the clock is ticking? As long as you do it by 80, you're, you're okay? I think so. 81, the ghosts stop caring. I just want to get visited by three ghosts, Hal. Too old. Yeah. The ghosts have yeah. their limit. Oh, my God. Shout out to any of our listeners who are 80 plus. You know what? Hooray for finding podcasts. Yeah, good job. Right? I don't know how you're you way cooler than every other 81 year old. Yeah. Sorry, you're not going to be visited by ghosts. No, they stop at 80. If you're a horrible person and you're 81, that's how you're going to die. You know what? I don't think there are any horrible 81 year olds that listen to this show. I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> um. So let's wait. The part I All don't. Right. This is what, part. What's bothering you? Have you ever had a, a like. You've had a bad piece of, of beef before. Mm-hmm. And I have too. I've had <laughs> I think plenty I know of them. Where you're going I love with red this. meat. Never in my life mm-hmm. have I had a, a piece of beef that was so bad that it that it resulted in hallucination to the point where if a ghost showed up, I'd be like, Oh, this is that porterhouse <laughs> for sure. There's no <laughs> it way It wasn't necessarily the beef. It could have been a blot of mustard, a crumb of cheese, a fragment of an underdone potato. What is he eating? <laughs> It sounds that's one meal. That's one that's meal. That's in one meal. So let's I'll figure be out. Frank. Yeah, what <laughs> potato salad. Um, yeah. The, why, why are you giving the like Americanized Fourth of July version of it? Oh, that's German. So you say underdone potato becomes potato <laughs> salad. Yeah. Um a, a piece of beef becomes an all beef hot dog. Right. Uh a blot of mustard, sure. That goes on a hot dog, and only that. <laughs> a crumb of cheese becomes what, ballpark nachos? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, this this guy was going to a Chicago White Sox game. <laughs> it was Dollar Dog Night. He was stuffing him in, and then when he took his Uber back to London in the early 19th century, sure, yeah, he he saw him a ghost. He was like, "Shouldn't have had that last hot dog. That's what did it." 
I don't think that – I think that in him describing that it was the food that caused this ghost to arrive, that's just Scrooge being Scrooge and saying, I can't possibly enjoy Christmas. How am I going to believe in ghosts? Yeah. That's but, Scrooge just – But then there's that that dad joke, probably more of gravy than of the grave. Come on. You I, know he – what, did he go for a high five after that? Come on. Do you think that's a dad joke? Yes, it's a pun. It's a play on words. You're more a of play the on words isn't necessary. My dad has never used there's more of gravy than of grave about you and like that's the most highfalutin dad joke I've ever heard. Your dad's so cool. We have to have him on the show. <laughs> no, we what don't. are we gonna have you? We dad would on? if we had my dad on the show, oh man, I would love to have my dad on the show. Uh I feel like Oh man. Is that, did, did I just open the, just the Ark went, of the Covenant and look at it? With yeah, you looked, you looked right into the Ark. And, because I'm trying to decide right now in my brain if that's a good idea or a terrible idea. My dad is uh, the most fun conversationalist I know, aside yeah. from you, Hal. Oh, please. Yeah. Um, but he's a lunatic. <laughs> he's so, great. I got to meet him at Pensacon last yeah. year. We're going back this year. Are we going to see him again? I hope. Uh, I believe so, yeah. Uh, but sitting with him, first of all, I felt like I'd known him my whole life. And yeah. he's from Philadelphia as well. Yeah. And he has a Philadelphia accent, which you didn't pick up, but I heard him go, Mork! Mork! <laughs> Mork! Which is very Philadelphian. Yeah. That's, uh, and he says water still. He still yeah. says water. And he looks like an older version of the ghost of Christmas present. Because he's got the beard. He, oh, that, oh, that's just young Santa, right? Young well, Santa's my dad looks present. like he's got the beard he's rocking now is he's got like a super bushy goatee. Okay. Like a, like a, yeah. I mean, it's a full on goatee, but it's the length that like Santa's beard would get to. <laughs> but like hip Santa. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's cool Santa. He's cool Santa is my dad. Shout out to my dad. Love you, pop. Um, Let's get back to a Christmas carol. Okay, fine. So, uh, is that your only problem with it? Is that beef caused everything? I just think it's a weird excuse for seeing things. Like, that's, but that's only his. It's that's one sentence in a thing. It, it, he's seeing these ghosts because these ghosts are coming to him. Listen, I'm I'm just like Jerry Seinfeld. I see a very small thing and I make a big funny oh, bit about here of it. We go. And we all just love it. <laughs> we don't question it any further than its surface. All no, right. I it. It, it, the, the darkness of it got me. That particular piece of it was mm-hmm. odd. It it was like I watched several of these in a day, mm-hmm. and it was taxing. Not in that it was bad, but it's such a heavy story. He's had such a sad life, yeah. and and even though a lot of it has been created by him, and he he broke his own heart, uh, shunning uh, a, the the woman that he loved in mm-hmm. favor of money and learning from the wrong people, but it's just it's really heavy in any form, whether it's animated, whether they're puppets, right. or whether it's black and white. And there are versions of the movie actors. that add heaviness, more heaviness than it has. Right. And there are some that take it away. You look at, the, again, the Reginald Owen, and it's uh, it's pretty sanitized by MGM for right. uh, to be, here, look how handsome Fred is. Let's not worry about ignorance and want peeking out from underneath the Ghost of Christmas presents robes. Right. Um but also there's a thing where he and the ghosts were in the room. They both had to have one foot on the floor if they were in bed together. <laughs> Just the haze coat. This is how it was back then. Um, all right. Let's – is that all of your beefs? Because I will rebuff every beef. That is That was the only bad piece of beef I want to bring up right now. Let's, Any more I, blots of mustard? We'll see. The night's young. <laughs> <laughs> Sweetheart, get the mustard out. Let's create some blots. <laughs> I got a promotion today. Oh, let's make a Rorschach then. <laughs> what do you see here? Uh, it's a mess. <laughs> of Gildens? A mess. Yeah, if you went into a psychiatrist and he just showed you Rorschach tests and all of your answers were, oh, a mess. Jeez, a mess. <laughs> do you like, what a mess. <laughs> do you like grainy mustard? Yeah. Do you like, Actually, like whole mustard. That's my favorite. Is that the one where it looks like boba tea? Yeah. Where it's like tennis yeah, ball-sized Yeah, it's just mustard, mustard seeds. Okay. I feel like I've never had that before, but... It's really good. I like... The more I try different mustards, the more I like all mm-hmm. of them. I really like horseradish mustard. Mm-hmm. And I just... Uh, I was thinking about that boba tea. I didn't realize it was whole mustard until you told me just now. Can we talk about a Christmas carol? Sure. I thought we were. There's mustard in it. <laughs> a blot of mustard. All right. What's your favorite crumb of cheese? Mm, it's gonna have to be a real solid cheese. Sure. To get crumbly. The kind that, that's like, uh, when you let glue harden. I'm trying to think of which one that is. 
You know what I mean? Where it looks like a wax, like, oh, somebody, somebody like had something made of wax and they crushed it with their hands and then this one piece got here, but I'm going to try and eat it anyway because, hey, this bad beef's letting me see ghosts. I might as well give <laughs> might it as well eat this wax. And then, <laughs> and then I eat it. I'm like, oh, that was cheese. How good. Mm-hmm. You've, you've accidentally eaten cheese and been happy about it? Not accidentally. I mean, like, well, you thought it wasn't, you didn't think it was cheese. You thought it was like a chunk of a crayon. Sometimes you're not sure. No, I get it. You just want to see. Sometimes when I'm cleaning up and you're like, there's a little thing of crumbs there, it's like, I kind of want to eat a couple of these crumbs just to see what it is. Sure. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with this. I gotta tell you. Usually, graham cracker. Ooh. Yeah. That's really, that's Mm -hmm. a good find. Yeah. A good graham cracker bite because there's a lot in one crumb. Yeah. Let's talk about a Christmas Carol. Okay, go ahead. All right. So, um, let's. We've got. We've each been watching the versions of a Christmas Carol. Hal for a week, me for my whole life, um, and <laughs> and we each have our favorite honorable mentions that are not going to be the winners. Okay. Uh, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to throw out. I would have put this up as a finalist, but we talked a little bit beforehand. Mm-hmm. You thought this was a uh, an honorable mention. I don't think it would win anyway, so I'm fine keeping it as an honorable mention. And that's Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. Tell me about Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. It came out in 1962. It's mm-hmm. highly like mid century uh, stylized in how the animation's done. It, it's actually meta in that Mr. Magoo is performing in a Broadway play of. Uh, of a Christmas Carol. So at the beginning, you see him crash his car and then mm-hmm. walk into the theater. And once he goes on stage, all of a sudden, with the exception of a few mention, like him having trouble getting his scarf on because he can't see, it is mm-hmm. a straight up adaptation of Christmas Carol. It's got original music written by the team who would go on to write all the, the music and lyrics for Funny Girl. Yes, that it's, is uh, Jules Stein and Bob Merrill. Yes, and yeah. they they start with a number called "It's It's Great to Be Back on Broadway," which I thought was from another musical, but they wrote for this special. So I, here's the thing: I've been watching uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jennifer and I have been watching it, which is fantastic. It's on Amazon Prime, but it also it takes place in like 1958, 59. In that period in New York, they use a lot of show tunes from that era as the soundtrack, mm-hmm. and it's. So good. So I was already in that mode to like I for some reason I'm fascinated with that period. You were of time. in an old timey musical mood. Yes. So it's a you know what? This um I love I mean I love the conceit of this. Yes. Because I one of my favorite ways to see a Christmas carol is on stage. Right. I've done it on stage before. It was my first play I ever did with a revolving set when I was oh, a kid. Okay. And um and then I just recently saw it in DC at uh Ford's Theater. Uh I saw their annual Christmas production last year. Uh, and yeah, so like going into a theater and seeing a Christmas carol feels like there's something very theatrical about that. And I love that. Yeah. And I like the, you know, character playing a character, which we'll get to later with, uh, and he's a good, Jim Backus is a good actor. So he makes a good Scrooge. And that's one of the things that, that you want to talk Mm -hmm. about, which we'll get to later. Um, so it's definitely worth watching. You can find it. On, uh, I think if I watched it on Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. but a lot of these you can find in one form or another on YouTube. And it's worth watching. It's really, it's really entertaining. Again, it's so, it's serious enough that I, I was taken aback because I was expecting more like, Mary, Mr. McGill, I ran my carriage into my own mm-hmm. business. But <laughs> there was none of that. It's just him walking into the Cratchit family walls during that uh, dinner scene. Yeah, and then he, yeah, he, you think he's going to walk off of the roof, but there are two girders for the London Bridge that he walks across. <laughs> no, it's like he actually opens his eyes fully. <laughs> the one weird thing is the young version of him just looks like Mr. Magoo wearing a toupee. <laughs> so you get the idea, oh, he was always very ugly. <laughs> oh. Could not see. Mr. Magoo's not a good-looking Mr. guy. Mr. Magoo's a good-looking guy. No, he looks He's all curves. It's a series of circles. Yeah. It's like somebody You know what curves are made or what circles are made of? Curves. All right, fine. He's curvy. He's Rubenesque. He's a Rubenesque face. <laughs> I'll take it. But that would be an honorable mention and definitely worth watching. Yeah. My honorable mention is arguably not uh worth seeing. It is the face that Hal is making right now. I'm just laying back from the microphone. I want I want you to have this moment and not jump in. I loved 
Rich Little's Christmas Carol, the HBO classic from 1979, shot much like uh, Mr. Magoo's stage setting, I would imagine. It's very theatrical in, in its old-timey setness, I think. The set is beautiful for it. Um, there is uh, – the, the cast is unbelievable. Uh, W.C. Fields played Ebenezer Scrooge. Paul Lind played Bob Cratchit. Johnny Carson uh, played Fred the Cousin. Or the nephew. Richard Nixon played Jacob Marley. Humphrey Bogart played the ghost of Christmas past. Groucho Marx played Fezziwig. Jimmy Stewart was Dick Wilkins. I mean, this cast. Peter Falk as the ghost of Christmas present, but as Columbo. Uh, Gene Stapleton, uh, was Mrs. Cratchit. Um, but all of these were played by the same guy. How? Richard Nixon came in and instead of chains, he was draped in the Watergate tapes. Uh, Truman Capote is Tiny Tim. And instead of having some sort of uh, hobbling affliction, Tiny Tim's affliction is he is prematurely adult, but is just a tiny Truman Capote. Look, I don't – for those who are unfamiliar with Rich Little, <laughs> in our youth, he was, he was already. Your youth, my birth. Your birth. Yes. I'm that much older than you. Come on, Mark. Mm-hmm. We watched the same Little Debbie snack cake commercials <laughs> growing up. Uh, he was a, a very well known impressionist. He did the Tonight Show a bunch of times. He had TV specials. Um, and very talented. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> this special is amazing. Is like, uh, in, there's a movie called Soap Dish. In which Kevin Klein plays a fallen from grace soap actor who's doing dinner theater in like Boca Raton. Mm-hmm. And he has this idea backstage that he won't stop talking about, which is doing Hamlet as a one man show because he believes all the characters that are not Hamlet are just mm-hmm. in Hamlet's head. So really it's an opportunity for not him. bad. Uh, Alan Cumming just did it with Macbeth. <laughs> that's, that's different. Maybe it's not. I haven't seen yeah. it. The point being, they're showing how full of himself he is by thinking, I'm going to do Hamlet, perhaps the greatest drama ever written, all by myself. Yeah. I'll play all the characters. Yeah, and Rich Little tells an effective version of A Christmas Carol and gets some real good jokes in there. Some real zingers, Hal. Uh, Tell me three of them. (laughs) Um... This turkey is so thin, it's only got one side, okay. as said by Paul Lind as Bob Cratchit. Maybe just tell me one. That was it. Mm, I don't know about that. Best joke in the whole thing. There you go. There you have the rich little Christmas special. <laughs> it At a certain point, mm-hmm. HBO was, was struggling to find programming. You're wrong. This is, this is, this is much, much, in many ways, as great a feat as uh, Frank Cross's IBC production of A Christmas Carol that happened live on Christmas Eve. Well, he did it in the classic film Scrooged. Okay. Oh, yeah. There yeah. You go. This is a. This is. A, here's the thing. I don't know how. I don't know how Rich Little did it live because you can hear the audience laughing the whole time. Oh yeah. And <laughs> I don't know how he managed to play all these characters. At the same time. I have no idea. And all of the laughs sound completely distinct from one another. Yeah. They did not all sound like the same laugh over and over and over again. No. No, not at all. It, and I think the most beautiful thing about the rich little version of A Christmas Carol uh-huh. is at the end when he does a curtain call and all of the different characters that Rich Little played, they all wave at the camera and say, thank you, Rich Little. <laughs> Oh my gosh. That's Rich Little a- as all of his characters. Thanks, Rich Little, for putting them in his production of A Christmas Carol. Please go watch this, everyone. Yeah, that part, instead of airing on HBO, should have been airing on EGO because it is, it is the Ooh. most thing ever. Oh, that's Put a that better joke. Special. That's a better joke than the turkey's so thin. Yeah. This turkey's so thin. <laughs> we beat it in the room. It just, <laughs> like, it just felt. And he's very gifted. He's a, and you pointed out that he's, in addition to being an impressionist, which he does very well, he's a good actor, which yeah. he is. Within his impressions, he's actually a pretty good actor. He plays a full emotional arc with W.C. Fields, which is, had, who had passed away for a very long time and Look, hadn't. All of these characters, like, 
He was doing old. I mean, yes, he's referencing Nixon and Carson, but he was doing old references in 1979. I, this was 1979, and he was doing Laurel and Hardy and W.C. Fields and. He did Jack Benny at some point. Jack Benny. Is Jack Benny is the street. little boy that today it's Christmas Day. Yeah, it was a, like. Yeah, you know what? Go watch it. Go watch it. And <laughs> do, do your do us a favor. Leave a review. Leave your review of the film on Twitter and tag at We Got the Sweets and at Mark Gags. Please. Or leave it on our Facebook group and tag Mark in it in case he ever shows up on Facebook again. We don't know. <laughs> and and that way we'll let's see what everybody thinks. You have two differing opinions here. I didn't grow up with the special. You know what? I don't think I actually grew up with it either. I just remember it from being about four years old because we had it on VHS. Right. And it was one of those things that like was way too influential in my life. Way more influential than it should have been. Right. Because I saw, oh, this is how acting works. You play all the parts and they build you a set. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's It's great. It's all so clear now. I want to get on HBO so I can do these (laughs) jokes. When you, when you were working on Amigos, did you look around like, I don't need any of these yeah, other kids? I don't need any of these Yahoos. Pero Pepe, I could play that. <laughs> give me a dog, give me a small, cost you less, smaller dog outfit, less to clean. <laughs> Come on, let's go. Yeah, but then I would have become the scrappy do of Amigos and no one wants to be the scrappy do. <laughs> um, all right. So now let's talk about what we think are the big contenders. Okay. There are no others that we want to put up as, uh, as we don't think they're going to win. Yeah, like Mickey's Christmas Carol. Would you put that up as a finalist? See, I, I, I well, because I, we said before we were going to do one honorable mention East, okay, honorable so mention it. each. So now let's get to, uh, we'll, then we'll get to. Why don't, we could eliminate a couple. We could give our big list and then we can whittle it down. How's that? I'll, t- I'll tell you what. Let's take a break. Okay. We're talking about honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Everybody's on pins and needles wondering if their, if their favorite will be mentioned. Uh, and I will mention the one person in the Facebook group who brought up the Patrick Stewart CD. Not going to win. I'm going to tell you right there's now. There's a movie version of it that is great. The movie version could be discussed. Will it? Who knows? Ooh. You'll find out after this break. Hi, I'm Biff. And I'm Teresa. And we host One Bad Mother, a comedy podcast about parenting. Whether you are a parent or just know kids exist in the world, join us each week as we honestly share what it's like to be a parent. Turns out it isn't what we thought it would be. For example, stickers on car windows? It's no longer about what type of monster would let that happen, and more like realizing you are that monster. So join us each week as we judge less, laugh more, and remind you that you are doing a great job. Download One Bad Mother on MaximumFun.org or Apple Podcasts. And yes, there will be swears. Are you awesome? Of course you are. You're listening to this show right now. But do you want to do something awesome? Then join us in beautiful Lake Arrowhead, California in June for a weekend full of inspiration, comedy, and friendship. Tickets for MaxFunCon 2018 are on sale right now. Visit MaxFunCon.com now to save your spot because they will sell out. That's MaxFunCon.com. All right. So here are our finalists uh, in... In this category, we've already eliminated Rich Little and Mr. Magoo, both very good. Well, one very good version. Yeah. And also Mr. Magoo. Wow. Wow. Come on. I love Mr. Magoo. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but we have a few more honorable mentions. You hate things that are that funny. Are, what's that? <laughs> you hate things that are funny. <laughs> um, so we've got, we've got a few more, not quite honorable mentions, but they're the, they're finalists, but for whatever reason, I don't think they're going to be our ultimate victors. Right. We have a final four. These mm-hmm. did not make it to the final four. And there's one I may still want to argue into the final four. Okay. Into, and into making a final five. Um, there have been some wonderful television adaptations of A Christmas Carol. Um, specifically, the more recent one uh, starring Patrick Stewart. And there are a lot we're not going to talk about of versions. that I'm sorry if you have one that you love. There's dozens of these. Uh, Patrick Stewart made his version famous on stage where he did his one man Christmas Carol right. uh, uh, from the point of view of Scrooge. And then that turned into a, I guess it was TNT did it mm-hmm. uh, into a television movie. I like his version of Scrooge. I think it was a very, it's a weirdly, you know, sort of straightforward version of the, it, it wasn't, there wasn't anything that stood out as spectacular. Yeah. I mean, the guy's in the Royal Shakespeare company for a reason. He's a fantastic actor. Um, but there are a lot, 
at a certain point, you have to figure out what's going to separate one of our finalists mm-hmm. from the rest of the pack. Right. And um, it, I, I don't think he separates. It doesn't separate no. on him alone because the it's not like the production is super outstanding. It's just right. a great performance. A lot of these are great performances. Right. As is George C. Scott in the, I guess it was 1984 uh, version. Another great performance. I th- actually think of George C. Scott. Um, well, I, when I think of George C. Scott, I think of Scrooge. That's, you know, uh, and I don't think of Patton. Rewatching it, mm-hmm. his accent is good, but I pick up enough American in there that it sort of <laughs> ruined it for me. And I, when, really? I think of, when I think of George C. Scott, I think about Dr. Strangelove. Ah. Um, all right. So there's, uh, two television versions right there. Yeah. Um, Albert Finney in 1970. How old was Albert Finney in 1970? He might have been the youngest Scrooge. Yeah, he was probably in his 30s. Was then? he that or young? Or 40s? I mean, how um, old is he now? He's Scrooge age now. Now he's But this Scrooge was made 50 years ago almost or right. 40, 40 years ago. So he probably was in his 40s, his early 40s, late 30s. Um, maybe. It's a musical that came out uh, right after Oliver, so I guess, hey, let's make a Dickens musical of Scrooge. Uh, Thank you very, very, very much is a great song from this. Mm -hmm. This one does not make it to the finals. Look, I understand artistic license, but when you have half-naked devils wrapping him in chains in in Satan's bright red Stanley Kubrick version of hell at the end of the movie – you have gone pretty far uh, out of your lane. <laughs> you are driving not on the shoulder. You're in the median. You may you may be like a town over. It's so funny. I thought you you were gonna take bigger issue with like it's too much of a musical. Which oh, I love musicals. Oh, I know. I know you do. That's why I was gonna mm-hmm. be shocked. But also, that's why I was thinking well, Mr. Magoo is a musical, mm-hmm. which is why it would be eliminated. But. There, there are a couple in here that may have some music in them. That's true. Um, let's talk about Jim Carrey. This is, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that this one rises. Maybe in time, this will rise to the level of some of the other ones. There are two things I think this one has going for it that are wonderful for me. Uh, and it's that the, the ghosts are scary. Mm-hmm. Like all of the ghosts, I mean, Marley's jaw falls out of his head and he actually physically moves his jaw with his hand to finish his conversation with Scrooge. Yes. Um, they're all, even the ghost of Christmas present by the end, uh, when uh, the ghost of Christmas presents become an old man, even by then he is scary and he's the jolly jovial one. Right. The floating lamp head ghost, uh, yeah. that is Christmas past, this light that, Morphs all of the faces from all of the other, uh, from all of his past into one. Yes. It's a terrifying version. So that I think is really cool. Yes. Uh, oh, reason one B. Shout out to Molly Quinn, who is one of the Cratchit kids. Yeah. Our buddy Molly. Our buddy Molly and first guest, uh, in a live show. My little sister. That's right. Um, and I think this one has a spectacular, uh, digitally created version of London in 1843. Did you say it was? 42? 1843. Yeah. That's, that's, that's where they figured out it was set. It is beautiful. And yeah. you watch them, uh, fly past St. Paul's. You watch them, uh, you see a, this perfect, uh, depiction of the Tower of London. You're, you're going down the Thames in this beautiful opening shot. Um, that said, Jim Carrey is, uh, he's very good in it. He is very Dickensian in his over the toppedness. Yes. It'll take him 10 minutes to get one line that any other Scrooge would say in two seconds. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. It, it's like, um, anyone who goes about with a Merry Christmas on his lips should be boiled in his own pudding and buried with a steak of holly through his heart. Yes. Jim Carrey's version is anyone who goes about with a Mary. And you're like, come on, Jim. Let's do this. <laughs> I think uh, I like his take mm-hmm. on it's fun. It's the over multiple the characters top. that he plays. Mm-hmm. They're all distinct from one another. Um, 
the Ghost of Christmas Past is Irish, and mm-hmm. the Ghost of Christmas Present is is like a Liverpudlian, right? Which um, was kind of fun. Yeah, like he, but he. I'm really... going to tell you all about Christmas. <laughs> I'll tell you all these Christmas presents, the crackers, they're absolutely crackers. <laughs> but he he had a lot of attention to detail. I think Jim Carrey is is underrated as an actor in general. Yeah, because you think of him, he he talks out of his butt, he makes crazy faces. Uh, and this film has the benefit of the Polar Express having been made first. Mm-hmm. So they, this is not new technology, brand new technology right. at this point. They've already done it once. They're doing it again. Um, so it looks great. However, the fact that it's all digital, it's not – that uncanny valley is still there. It doesn't quite – there are still others – Maybe that that's practical. Maybe that's why I like uh, the views of London so much because the things that CG does really well is, you know, one of the things it does really well is buildings and detail on a city and crafting this world. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the wor- I think this is absolutely the best version of the London. Wasn't this originally a 3D movie? Yes. So it was designed to be a bit like a ride through all of this. Yes. Which is why so much of it is like Scrooge's point of view and now he's teeny tiny and now he's on a roller coaster. <laughs> they kind of did the same thing with Polar Express with really the Polar Express at one point for no reason that's not in the book is just going to be on roller coaster tracks for a little while. <laughs> all right. Oh, um, 3D. Great. Um, so... Oh, this is going to be a big shocker. This one everybody's going to yell at you for, Hal. Me? Everyone's going to yell at you for this because this is the one that I want to make our fifth runner-up. What? Don't throw me under the bus. I am throwing you under the bus because you're the one that said, oh, I don't like this version. Previously. I don't. don't. Listeners. in the theater. Listeners. These guys are our friends, Hal. The listeners and the Muppets. Yeah. We have... We've been on stage with Muppets before, Hal. We've, we are, we are Muppet people. Mm hmm. We are Muppet people. And this version with Gonzo playing Charles Dickens yep. and telling the story along with Rizzo, Kermit the Frog as Bob Cratchit. Yep. Um, and Michael Caine as Scrooge in, of course, the Muppet Christmas Carol from 1992. Why do you think this doesn't make the final four? Uh, or why do you think we need a final four instead of a final five? First of all, if you want to put it in the final five, that's fine. I would eliminate it almost immediately. All right. How about this? We'll put it up against one. Is there one of these that you would eliminate from the f- other four? No. Okay. Um, um, but I – let me say this. I love the Muppets. I saw it in the theater with high you, hopes. You broke my heart when you told me this. But but also remember, this was 1992. We're mm-hmm. not too far from the death of Jim Henson. This is mm-hmm. Steve Whitmire's first big outing as Kermit the Frog right. in, a, in a feature film. And it just didn't land for me. I, you know, at the time, now, even though Steve Whitmire is no longer doing the character, mm-hmm. he spent more time doing it in the overall public eye than Jim Henson did, mm-hmm. if you look at Through the Muppet Show, or, or close to the same amount of time, because right. Jim Henson was doing it even in the 60s. But it just didn't – I listened in watching it. It was like, oh, he – he hasn't quite made it his own yet. He's definitely doing Kermit, but it's not – I recognize that for some people that's the Kermit they grew up with. It wasn't the Kermit I grew up with and it was still really fresh mm-hmm. and it has stuff in it that's great. Gonzo is great in it. Uh, Fo- Fozzie Wig. Yeah, really Fozzie Wig. All the Michael, Muppet, I guess all the Muppet gags I really like in it. Staller and Waldorf as – As the Marleys. As the Marleys. I believe it was uh, Jacob Marley and Robert Marley. Correct. So it was Bob Marley, which is just some Muppet goofiness. And the boxes were whaling, so it was Bob Marley and the Whalers. Oh, that's right. So there's tons of clever sure. stuff in there. The songs are are good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just – there's something about it for me that doesn't quite land. And Michael Caine does a great job of Scrooge. He made the choice to play it like I'm going to go like I'm doing Hamlet. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to play like I'm with puppets at all. Oh, yeah. His uh, version of it. And and his Scrooge is – it's a fun thing about uh, about Ebenezer Scrooge that I like. We'll get back to the Muppets in a second if I may yeah. veer off for a moment. Do it. Um, I like how everyone does the same script in such vastly different ways. Mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart's introspective Scrooge. Uh, Michael Caine's, um, or, you know, Reginald Owen's cartoonish curmudgeon Scrooge. Yeah. Uh, Michael Caine is cold. 
That's the thing that he yes. does so br- brutally in this movie is he is cold. Even as he's visiting places with these other ghosts, his eyes will well up a little bit, but he still has his cold facade on. Yes. I think he's a great – his that that he brought to the Scrooge canon I thought was great. It It, it, it is. Mm-hmm. It is. And I'm not – me saying I don't think it's a finalist doesn't mean I don't like it. Mm-hmm. In the greater canon of Muppet films, it's my fourth favorite. Behind the original three. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I just – I think the other four to me are stronger or more interesting takes yeah. on the story. And and in some ways, how how straight he plays it to, for me as, as a viewer is almost too much of a separation. Oh, when he's – he's legit terrifying. Yeah. When he asks the rats if they would like to spend their holidays – Unemployed. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty freaky. All right. Well, let me ask you. Here's Mark, the thing. I we're I'm not making all these decisions by myself. No, I know. I'm gonna make most of them. I know these a lot better than you. <laughs> Would know. you switch one out for another? <laughs> How dare you? I know the rich little one really well. Can we bring that one back in? Shut up. Um, <laughs> the only one that I would swap out for this is the other one that was a big part of my childhood. And for me, so much of this is about nostalgia. Um, and there are three versions of Scrooge that are, I think, really impossibly perfect. And then there's one version in here that is in here because I just love it. Yeah. And I don't think the Muppet Christmas Carol beats it. Right. So I'm, I'm willing to say goodbye to Michael Caine and Kermit and do not tell Miss Piggy. Never, never, no, never. Uh, do not tell her that we eliminated them in this. Um, because I would like to keep Mickey's Christmas Carol in there. Okay, the 1983 uh, Disney classic that I think, in all of its iterations, I know it's been edited and re-edited as lengths of time for TV shows have fluctuated. Yeah, um, but it is. Oh, it's darn good. Yeah. Um, so, would you like to uh, reveal the other three of our finalists b- besides Mickey's Christmas Carol from 1983? Sure. Uh, this is this was my Christmas Carol. Well, actually, that's not true. Mickey's Christmas Carol is probably my Christmas mm-hmm. Carol as well. Uh, but the one the the one that is the farthest afield of all of these is Bill Murray Scrooged, which is an adaptation of the entire story mm-hmm. taking place in 1988, <laughs> where he's a television executive as opposed to a uh, what a bottle and ship. Right. Uh, or, you know, whatever yeah. they do. Yeah. W.C. Fields <laughs> empties the bottles and Bob Cratchit, Paul Lind fills them with boats. Why am I borrowing everything for that rich li- – <laughs> I'm obsessed with it because it's like the Star Wars holiday special. How dare you? It's Christmas nowhere Carol's. near that bad. It is nowhere near as it's bad It's nowhere as near that. that good because at least that special had Boba Fett in it, man. There's no Boba Fett in this. You made me watch that special. That special is garbage. <laughs> it's so bad. Isn't it so bad? <laughs> um, so we've got Bill Murray and Scrooge yeah. as the head of uh, IBC, the, I believe, International Broadcasting Company. Mm-hmm. It's a fake version of he's the head of NBC. And in Rockefeller Center that night, they're on Christmas Eve, they're going to do a live version of A Christmas Carol. With Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett as Scrooge. Yes. And um, The solid gold dancers are there. That's right. <laughs> Or the Rockettes. No, it's the Solid Gold it is Dancers. It's the Solid Gold Dancers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, of course, he's a terrible person and he gets visited by assorted ghosts who are really fun new versions. Uh, you've got um, Carol Kane as the Ghost of Christmas uh, present. Past. No, she's Christmas present because oh, that's right. It was Paul's that's right. Not, what's his name? David uh, Johansson. David Johansson. I almost said Paul Johansson. Buster Poindexter. Yes, Buster Poindexter is the Ghost of Christmas Past a driving cabbie. a taxi back yes. to the fifties. Uh, Carol Kane is the Ghost of Christmas Present as a fairy who just beats the bejesus out of Bill Murray. Yeah, with a, she clocks him with yeah. a toaster. And um, and then uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future is. The regular Ghost of Christmas Future that everyone knows, except his face is a television. Yes. Um, and he's and then, got the little demons right. inside of his And coat. there's more besides, uh, but we'll get to that when we start uh, diving yeah, Alfred into Alfred Woodard is in that movie. Alfred Woodard is Bob Cratchit, and she's brilliant. Yeah. So here's a great little factoid that I learned about this version, and Alfred Woodard, uh, she plays the character Grace Cooley, which is this movie's version of Bob Cratchit. Now, her son, 
um, instead of being invalid, the way I've used so many different ways of, I don't know what Tiny Tim has. So I'm just going to say assorted. He has, he has very, a leg fever. Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, leg fever. Sure. Yeah. So instead of leg fever, like, uh, Tiny Tim has this version, um, the boy wa- witnessed the shooting of his father mm-hmm. and, um, and has not spoken since. So everything that, uh, is ailing this child is, um, psychological. Right. And, the reason that they are named the Coolies, uh, is that they named the kid first and they named him Cal Cooley, uh, after Calvin Coolidge, the silent president of the United States, silent Cal. Oh. So that's why she is Grace Cooley in that movie. Wow. Yeah. Weird deep cut stuff for you. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, this was directed, by the way, by Richard Donner. This is a great movie. Yeah. This and is- it's, this is like pre. So Bill Murray had done the Razor's Edge by this point. He'd done mm-hmm. Where the Buffaloes Run. So he'd actually done some dramatic acting. Mm-hmm. And even though he's in his classic Bill Murray, like, there's nobody like Bill Murray. He's right. just – you know what I mean when I say mm-hmm. he's doing his Bill Murray thing. Mm-hmm. But he also – the way he plays his vulnerability and the way he plays yeah. his changeover is really, it's really great. good. We'll get to yeah. that. Literally, we were just going to do a list oh, of okay. the four movies. Fine. <laughs> uh, the um, – Mickey's Christmas Carol, Alistair Sim and Scrooge, and Reginald Owen in A Christmas Carol. Okay, now you can go back to talking about Bill Murray. It's just such a great turn. <laughs> it's nice to see his brothers in there yes. playing his... No, I was kidding. We got to talk about these. That we're getting to those movies. We'll get there. Fine. All right. Now what? Um, so we've, we, we said we were going to look at the Scrooges. Right. So we're going to start with... We've already delved mostly into it, because uh, I want to get right back to what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, you've got... I know I said those quickly as a bit, but you uh, have 1951 Alistair Sim in uh, the black and white classic Scrooge, which to American audiences was renamed A Christmas Carol, um, a very dense and a very good black and white film of A Christmas Carol with a lot of great details added that were not in the original story. Uh, then you've got the 1938 Reginald Owen version created uh, by the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Motion Picture Studio, right. originally slated to star Lionel Barrymore, but he uh, famously got sick, and the part was given to Reginald Owen, a young man in arguably the worst uh, old age makeup in cinema history. <laughs> so then why is he a finalist? Because that version, we'll get to, well, you know okay. what? Let's, let's get back to Bill Murray and then I'll defend okay. Reginald Owen. You mentioned that final scene. The reason that I think Bill Murray as Scrooge is my favorite version of the character. Maybe it is because it's a modern sensibility. Right. Um, and so I can relate to that more. His closing monologue in that movie it's like 10 minutes long. Um, and it's after Scrooge has become, you know, a good, uh, has seen the error of his ways. It is, I cry every time I watch it. I watched this just like in front of a computer screen as research for this. And I see it every year, every Christmas. And I still started crying when I heard that monologue at sure. the end. It is, it's exactly what Christmas is about. I think that monologue is perfect. Yeah. Um, and Bill Murray's fun. He's a really fun Scrooge. Yes. Yeah, um, he is. He doesn't, he never, um, there's a danger with Bill Murray sometimes, I think, where you can sort of feel like he's above the material he's doing. Mm-hmm. He's still great in it. Mm-hmm. But you just get that feeling of like, he's better than this. He's just sort of doing this, this. Is not one of those cases. No. He's now Frank Cross, yeah. the character who he plays, who is the version of Ebenezer Scrooge, is above the material. And even, you know, he's like, Oh, what are you, the ghost? Like that's sort of his vibe. Yeah. For most of it. Um Yeah, he's he's great. He's a great Scrooge. Uh let's move on to Scrooge McDuck. Okay. Who plays the role of Ebenezer Scrooge, which I feel like he was born to play this role. Yes. Just because his name is Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> he had no choice. He this had is... no choice but to play Scrooge. And this is Alan Young, the original Scrooge McDuck. Uh, yes. Yes. Great. Uh, you looked at me like that was a question I, and I, I was like, do is. you have it on a screen in front of you? Let me just look it up. Let's go behind. I'm going to give everybody some inside baseball and I'm going to do this live. <laughs> Mickey Mouse. Christmas. Mickey's Christmas. Mickey's Christmas. That's why I didn't find it. Do you remember the song from that movie while you're looking it up? Will you sing it for me? Merry, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Merry, Merry Christmas. Oh, what a Merry Christmas Day. 
I always love that song. Yeah, that's beautiful. Like there are songs that I only associate with certain Christmas movies, like that and the who the I don't you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know what the actual syllables are. They're gobbledygook, but uh, this is Alan Young, Great. the original Scrooge McDuck, um, still providing, still alive and providing the voice at this time. He's his Scrooge. I mean, it's a cartoon. Yes. It's the only of the one of these that's a cartoon. Yes, and because it's a cartoon for kids, he's never too too mean. Mm-hmm. He's mean, but he's like cartoon mean. He throws a wreath around Donald's neck. Yes. You take this wreath and give this to the poor, and that'll be all of it. <laughs> Actually, no, that's when he tosses the wreath to uh, the characters from Wind in the Willows yes. who are playing the – we'll get to that. Uh, we're just talking about the Scrooges now. Um, the thing I think he does really well is his sense of wonder with all three of the ghosts. Not like – but. I don't understand what we're doing. <laughs> He's very wide-eyed. His and he he jumps wholeheartedly into the past. Yeah, yeah. He ju- like he's he's kind of like immediately. He's not the best Scrooge. Well, look, Scrooge. He doesn't. No. He, he does not have the the steepest character arc. But he's a great duck. He's a great duck. Great character. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, this is breaking the heart of our producer Ken Plume, who's who has worked Uncle Scrooge McDee into so many things mm-hmm. uh, in his life because he's a huge Scrooge McDuck fan and art collector. Yeah. And it's easy to see why. Sure. Great, he's a great character. It's a great – Scrooge McDuck is a great character. Yes. In the way that Mr. Magoo is a great character. But I'd argue that maybe Mr. Magoo's acting is better than Scrooge McDuck's acting. Yes. And it, here's the difficult – this is the difficult thing is you have mm-hmm. stuff that's from your childhood. It's hard to yeah, it's hard to separate it. it. That was that was from my childhood too. That's why it's still in here. Yeah, honestly, it's I. I it's not it's the best one. one. But I, we wanted to talk about it. We wanted to keep talking about it. What, do we? Um, do we want to keep talking? about it? We have to it? eliminate it. I think we do. This is also well. Let's uh, talk. Uh, let's talk it out then. Everything we love about <laughs> it before we send it on its merry way. Uh, anytime that Goofy is on screen as Jacob Marley. Jacob Marley. Oh, there's that the classic uh, Christmas Carol thing of uh, Scrooge walking up the stairs and Marley's ghost appearing and walking up the stairs behind him, Mm -hmm. which I don't know if that I don't think that that is from some old version of it from somewhere. Right. And um, as soon as you see the ghost of Goofy walking up those stairs, you know he's going to fall down them. Because <laughs> he is covered in chains and cash boxes, and he is walking upstairs. And you're like, there's never been a point in time when something like this has ended well for Goofy. No, not at all. <laughs> um, the casting of this is just great. Jiminy Cricket, of course Jiminy Cricket is the ghost of Christmas past. Yes. <laughs> I'm here to show you your past. His, he's just like this, he's perfect. Um, so Jiminy Cricket takes him back where they see Fezziwig, who I guess Wind in the Willows maybe had just come out because Mr. Toad played Fezziwig in this version. Right. Um, and then the Ghost of Christmas Present was played by the giant from the Mickey. Willie uh, the Giant. Uh, what's his name? Willie the Giant. Willie the Giant. Yep. Uh, and when he picks up a street lamp, uh, he, Willie the Giant takes Scrooge. Uh, through a modern day London, but it is nighttime. So he picks up a street lamp, unscrews the top of it and uses it like a flashlight. <laughs> I love that. Um, Mickey as Bob Cratchit. Minnie yep. as Mrs. Cratchit. Uh, Donald Duck is nephew Fred. Yeah, of so course. Donald Duck's actually not a miserable a-hole. Yeah, he's the nice once. one. Um, yeah, it's, it's, oh, and then of course the ghost of Christmas future. Uh, turns out to be Pete. Yeah, of course. Mickey's arch nemesis. Yeah. Um, it's just a lovely version of a Christmas carol. Yeah. With that wonderful song. Um, I believe at one point they're to show how poor the Cratchits are, they cut a pea in half. Yeah, or like a bean. Yeah. It's a classic cartoon. Yeah, classic moment. It's what feels like a classic trope to me, but maybe it's because I remember it from that. It's right. like we're going to slice this pea. That's the way I feel about the rich little Christmas carol. There's so many things that I think are classic tropes. Oh, like bad comedy. <sighs> <laughs> and all the characters wearing the exact same outfit. They're all tr- – how do you do Laurel and Hardy <laughs> and have Hardy be the same size as Laurel? Because he didn't want to put on a fat suit. No, that's poor – that's that's no representation. So you can only be thin. You can't You can't have a little bit on your bones. That's not okay. Look, maybe, that's fat shaming, my friend. That is not fat Hashtag shaming. Hashtag not woke. 
Oh, how dare you? Rich Little, hashtag not one. Look, Rich Little did George W. Bush's um, uh, White House Correspondents' Dinner the year after the Colbert, incredible Colbert performance that just eviscerated W. And he went, nope, we're going safe next year. Get me Rich Little. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) All right. So, Hey, does anybody know if there's a plain yogurt in the form of an impersonator that we can get in? (laughs) Impressionist. Um, all right. And then JK. now we're going to, we're going to go to, there are other great versions. There are animated versions, uh, yeah. that are very good and some that are not very good. Uh, sorry for the misfire, Kelsey Grammer. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think we have, so we have Bill Murray and Scrooged. Yes. Now we're going to look at our other two classic black and white Ebenezer Scrooges. And that is 1951's Alistair Sim and 1938's Reginald Owen. Yes. So let's look at the, those Scrooges. We've talked about Bill Murray's. Let's talk about Alistair Sim. I think out of all of these, his performance as Scrooge is what drives the heart of that movie. Yes. I think in the Reginald Owen version, he's a bit of a caricature and Bob Cratchit, uh, as played by Gene Lockhart is what drives that movie. They really wanted to amp up the Lockhart family at MGM when they were making it. So all the Cratchit stuff takes up a lot more of the movie. Um, but Alistair Sim, did you watch this one recently in your, yes. And not only that, but not only the live action version, mm-hmm. here's how great a performance it is. So, so 20 years later in 1971, they put out an animated special in which he reprises his role as, as Scrooge. And it's not the, the animation is as in, as inexpensive as you would expect TV animation. Sure. For a one off special in yeah. 1971. They had five different. frames per second. Yes. For this animation. That said, his performance is so good. That I was ready to take that version of A Christmas Carol to the finals based on the strength of his performance as Scrooge. Are you remembering, though, his 1951 performance? But that's what I was saying. That, that I was ready to take that and then getting to watch him do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you watched that one first. And then I, yeah. I, I, well, it's, I'd watched the Alistair mm-hmm. Sim one a while back and then circled back around. Yeah. So the more recent of the two that I had seen was the 1971. And then I went and revisited 1951 again. There is a sadness in Alistair Sims' version of Scrooge, uh, in his eyes that says, I know that all of this is my fault. Right. Uh, from the get go. It's just that at the beginning, he's like, all of this is my con, these, all of this is my consequences and I'm fine with them. Yes. And by the end, he is not fine with them. But that sadness of, I created all these consequences makes his Scrooge so incredible to watch. I think he is of these three, Bill Murray, Alistair, and Russell Lowen, I think he's hands down the best Scrooge. Yeah, I mean, you really get the sense if Marley carries around the change that he forged in life and that's mm-hmm. why he moves the way that he does, then Scrooge already like his chains already exist mm-hmm. just in his soul. Yeah. He's just a worn down, he doesn't feel powerful. He's just mean. Yeah. And in his little corners where he can take advantage of that and make things the way he thinks that they should be because because he's committed to the choices that he made earlier in his life, mm-hmm. then he does that. And he the whoever – people either don't like him because he's unpleasant or he's making their lives miserable because they have to deal with him or they work for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's the most nuanced version of this character. Um Let's talk about Reginald Owen, 1938. Sure. This is the version for me that every year my dad and I watch. Right. Um, it's very short. It's like an hour 12. It's yeah. not a long movie. Um, it, because they, MGM cut out a lot of stuff, like we mentioned before. Um, but Reginald Owen's version of Scrooge, uh, is he might as well be tying a girl to railroad tracks at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> he is, he is, and he's even got the top hat. He fires Bob Cratchit. Like all the other versions of Scrooge, it's be here all the earlier the next morning. Yeah. And in this version, he flat out fires Cratchit when he throws a snowball at his hat. Look, this, this version goes in, in a couple directions. Yes. Um, but by the end of it, he's gleeful and just, uh, giggling while shaving at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of the, of Christmas day before he goes to see, yeah. uh, Bob. That to me is um, 
that version of it I like. It's fun. It's over the top. It's melodrama. It's Dickens. You know what I mean? It almost feels like Frank Capra directing Dickens. Right. And that's exactly. I get it. It is very. It's Christmassy. It's heartwarming. It is clear. It is so clear. Hey, everybody, this guy is the bad guy at the beginning. And look at him laughing while he's shaving at the end. He must be the good guy now. Right. Um, so that's the Scrooges themselves. Okay. Let's talk about the storytelling. We may not have time to break it down beat by beat and ghost well, by ghost. Well, who would you give the Scrooge to? Would you give Alistair Al- Sims? Alistair Sim. Hands down. Okay, Alistair so that's Sim. one point for, for Alistair Sims' version, Scrooge, from 1951. Mm-hmm. Now you want to talk about the, how the story is told. Yeah, maybe we should do, if we're going to do points like this, maybe we should do the um, – uh, how it's the, the, you know, we, we talked about do, breaking this down by mean Scrooge, uh-huh. past, present, future, nice Scrooge in those scenes. We can do this quickly, I think. So you want to do strength of Scrooge? We've we, done we, strength we of did Scrooge. Strength of Scrooge. We talked about the arc. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to do strength of the ghosts? Uh, yeah, that's better. That'll take less time. Scrooged. Strength of the ghosts is great. easy. Scrooged. They're so good. Carol Kane. Is a revelation. Oh, yeah. And David Johansson is also Niagara Falls. Um, for those who haven't seen Scrooge, they are, yeah, they're these, well, we mentioned it before, they're these different takes on those characters. Yes. Um, the future ghost is very similar in every, in almost any tried and true version of, right, of Christmas Carol in that the ghost does not speak. Right. By then, um, by then, Scrooge is starting to understand, and and he's able to interpret what's happening for mm-hmm. himself. Yes, and he even says Scrooge doesn't even speak. He, are you the ghost that uh, I, I fear you most of all? Are you the ghost of Christmas yet to come? I know that you will teach me things, so lead on. Basically, yes. Um, so in the Alistair Sim version, um, the ghosts are pretty straightforward. It's the little. It's like a little – the shining light is a little old man uh-huh. um, and is of Christmas past. Christmas present is the big jovial – Young Santa. Young Santa. And then <laughs> – yeah, it is. And then uh, – yeah, the, the, the other two versions have pretty classic. Let's talk about Marley though. Okay. Um, because this is – is Marley going to get his own point? Because I have a point. In the Reginald Owen 1938 Christmas Carol – Leo G. Carroll as Jacob Marley is so perfect. He is the other, I think the Alice in the Alistair Sim version, the Marley is so cartoonishly over the top and it doesn't fit with how subtle Alistair Sims, uh, Scrooge is. Right. I think that, um, the uh, Charlie's Angels guy, what's his name that plays the old golfer in Scrooged? He plays oh, the Marley. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I, the name is escaping. Yeah, it's me. Frank Cross's old boss, the yes. guy that used to run the studio. Yeah, um, he is. Uh, he's the Cratchit of that one. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I mean, not the Cratchit, the Marley of the that Marley. one. But yeah. Leo G. Carroll's Jacob Marley. That scene is funny. They added bits to this scene that are not in the movie, uh, or that are not in the original story. I guess one of them is more Scrooge than Marley when he, <laughs> Marley says, "My time here is short." And Scrooge says, well, if you've got to go, don't let me keep you. Like, yeah. this is, you know, a little bit like that. <laughs> um, when Scrooge says, can't I just have them all at once and be over with? Marley stops and does a B. Arthur, uh, like, slow burn <laughs> to, uh, to Reginald Owen. This is so perfect. Yeah, I mean, I love, uh, I do love Alfred Woodard as Grace. Like, I remember her. Above, above oh, we're, we're, we're talking about the Marleys, not the Cratchits. Oh, the, oh, oh, that's right. The Marleys. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I'll give that Marley. So that's now we're knotted up. Now we're tied up. Yeah. But let's move on to the Cratchit. Uh, because I'm not going to give you Alfrey Woodard on this one without a fight. Okay. Because the 1938, uh, uh, Gene Lockhart as Bob Cratchit is also hilarious in that movie. When Scrooge shows up at his house at the end with presents and says, Merry Christmas, Bob, that shot of, uh, of Gene Lockhart just going, what <laughs> is so great. And you, that movie really, it feels like it was about the Cratchits. Yes. Yes. Is, as you said, that, yeah. that, and that maybe works against it a little bit. It works against works the movie, it. but it works for him. Let's do this. Let's not give a point for Cratchit. Why? Because you know that that movie's going to get one over Alfrey Woodard. Right it was now, great. Right now we're tied up at one apiece. I think we mm-hmm. need one tiebreaker. All right. To win it all. What, what, what in your mind is the ultimate tiebreaker? 
I know you want to pick Reginald Owen. No, no, I, I don't want to. No, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm giving it all these shout outs because so you can take it away because I know it's not going to win. It's not the best version. They cut out a lot. You don't even see half of the Ghost of Christmas Past stuff. You see one little bit of him and his sister, and then the Ghost of Christmas Past says, "Who is like a a beautiful woman like in her twenties? In this looks like Glinda the Good Witch. Mm-hmm. She she just says." Uh, my time here is short, as they are all, their time's always short. My time here is short. I've yet to show you all the bad things. Like, it's literally that sanitized, this version. <laughs> your jet, your, your slow descent into greed. No, spirit, go away! Your, your shunning of love. No, I'll hear no more. That's the extent of that scene. Okay. In that version. So, so it's. So then let's here's el- what, here's what it comes <laughs> down to for me. Let's eliminate Reginald Bowen right now. What does it come down to for you? Shout out to the very handsome Fred from that movie. Yes. They put a movie – I forgot which movie star, but they were like, but one of the movie stars is Fred. Put a pretty boy in there. Yeah. He's very good. And so they did. Um, for me, it it comes down to a perfect version of the Dickens story in the form of Alistair Sims' version and even all the extra backstory they added, they told way – like half of the movie is Christmas past and it tells Scrooge's whole life story. A lot of it was added. Um, is, a, is a perfect retelling or is a perfect telling of A Christmas Carol, does that beat Bill Murray's monologue at the end? Because that to me is the ultimate uh, thing about Scrooge. Scrooge is great. Otherwise, it's a fun take on A Christmas Carol. Right. But Bill Murray's specific turn at the end of that movie is what makes that, in my opinion, a holiday class, an absolute classic. And hey, that's what brought it all the way to the finals. Right. However, we said best Christmas Carol. We said best Christmas Carol. Yeah. And we both had the same answer out of these three for sure in our heads because I was thinking about Alistair Sim as well. So people of the world. I wear on me the chains I forged in doing podcasts for way too long. Links of We Got This and Tights and Fights, the thrilling adventure hour, and welcome to Night Vale, fall about me. And I'm here to warn you that this Christmas season, you will see many forms of a Christmas carol out there. But there is only one that is the best Christmas carol. Is it the Muppets? No! Is it Mickey Mouse? No! Shackle, shackle, shackle. I thought the 51 Marley was the hammiest one. (laughs) I'm here to tell you that the very best version (laughs) of a Christmas carol is 1951's Scrooge. Starring Arista Sim, asked and answered. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, listeners. Put a little love in your heart. Put a little love in your heart. The listeners in the back, I can't hear you. Put a little love in your heart. (laughs) You in the car on your way to the gym. Put a little love in your heart. You listening with your kids, join in. Put a little love in your heart. Um, thank you to everyone who suggested this topic. This yes. topic is now closed, but there are many other topics to discuss. Uh, so please reach out to us on Twitter at We Got This Tweets. Check out the Maximum Fun subreddit, or you can email us at We Got This Podcast at gmail.com, or you can join us on our Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash We Got This Podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume, researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman, and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thank you, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman, for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, our listeners. Uh, you know, it's at this festive time of year that anyone who says we got this does not have the best listeners in the world, should be boiled in their own pudding and buried with a stake of holly through their heart. What? For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And for Mark Gagliardi, I'm Rich Little. And don't worry, everybody. (laughs) We We got got this. this. We got this. Jerk. (laughs) MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.